Welcome to the Pinelander Podcast, the official podcast of Pineland, broadcasting to you from an undisclosed location deep inside Pineland, where we discuss faith, family, finances, firearms, freedom, food, and everything else in between with those who believe in living free and living out the values that made this country free. Welcome to the Pinelander Podcast. My name is Paul, and this is the Pinelander. I'm here with my ranger buddy, Mike Blackburn, and we're in an undisclosed location. Uh, I love uh, that intro. You know, it just uh, makes you want to go just uh, shoot some Taliban or, you know, whoever our enemies are this uh, of late. Yeah, there's plenty, <laughs> plenty of them out there, isn't there? Uh, but you know, it's, it's great that we get back, uh, for this next episode, we're kind of having a mini series within our podcast series. And this one is, uh, we're just kind of slowing things down and looking at the five warrior virtues. Uh, and last time we had a great conversation on, uh, kind of introductory matters and we looked at honor and I think, uh, you know, that's a topic that's, uh, you know, we could be, we could talk on for days on end. Yeah. Well, we were, kind of building on the foundation of that. Yeah, I just I just wanted to start off with a, an article that I recently um, saw, and, and it really made me think. And, and the article uh, was in the uh, straightstimes.com, and it's basically, um, you know, world news, and uh, this one particularly in Europe. But I see where Denmark uh, has called for mandatory military service for women. Now... Um, I mean, listen, I, I've got, I had a 20 year career, so did Paul and, and we both are more than, you know, used to seeing women in uniform. I mean, there's no issues there, yeah. but I think I've always looked at it at a draft. Uh, well, and that's kind of, you know, conscription. I mean, this right. is, this is kind of like a whole different level and, and I'm not sure what the, uh, situation is in Denmark, um, but my guess is it's probably not too much different than probably what you see throughout Western civilization. Um, And I was just thinking uh, when I'm driving around and just doing my day-to-day activities, I've noticed that there's a lot more uh, women uh, in what were traditionally male sort of uh, career paths. Okay. And, and we see that kind of across the board, so it's not like even just, uh, you know, the big, strong, heavy lifting requirement type things. We're talking about even in the universities, there's uh, generally um, a higher percentage of women that are in the universities. Um, the Some of the traditional jobs like uh, carpentry, plumbing, welding, carpentry, a lot of these tasks, um, uh, these jobs out there, we're seeing... Uh, I think you brought this up last last uh, episode, or I remember you talking about it, where, you know, for every, uh, I think, five people leaving these type of professions, there's yeah. only like one or two maybe coming in and filling the back seat there. So, um, Yeah, five go, two come in. Yeah, so, you know, we're seeing this across the board, and I think that is why we're seeing a lot of these women that are having to try to fill the vacuum, if you will, mm-hmm. that, that's been created. And... And I think that's why this book was written. I think it's. I think we've recognized the fact that uh, masculinity has been under assault, 
This is why people like Jordan Peterson are so uh, popular. People are flocking to uh, anything at all that these young boys, these young men can get a, get their hands on that uh, isn't attacking masculinity. And and I've always seen that. I've always seen to where, and I think Denmark's in the same position, and I'm sure the United States is probably not far behind it. We're having our own recruiting and retention issues. It's not unreasonable uh to, to suggest that we may see the same thing uh, here where females are also at age 18 required to uh, enter in selective service. service. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's uh, a, <clears throat> that's, I think that's a failure uh, in a lot of levels. I mean, it's a bad thing for men to come back in body bags, but not your daughter, not your, your mother, not your sister. I mean, yeah, war is hell. War is evil. But, uh, yeah, we don't want to be throwing our uh, women uh, into the sausage grinder. I think it's failure. Yeah, I think the failure is men not being, you know, feeling responsible, not stepping up to the plate. Yeah, absolutely right. That was uh, uh, Mike uh, Rowe was talking about yeah. that is, you know, there's like 7, 000, 7, excuse me, 7 million able-bodied men, young men, just sitting on their duffs you know, watching TV, you know, on the internet instead of, you know, getting out in the workplace, getting at it. And uh, I mean, that's, this is one of the things that, that motivated me to write this book, uh, for us to write this book, Mike, is uh, we need able-bodied men of good character, of excellent character that will make citizen warriors. And even if you're not called to be a, a, a warrior, uh, to be able-bodied uh, man of character and a citizen, be somebody that can be a productive member of society, somebody that can uh, be a responsible adult. Yeah, I think it's irresponsible to draft your women folk. I think that's a failure. It's, a f it's so strange in Denmark. That was the nation that, you know, led the way hacking people up, hacking up uh, monks, uh, you know, and then, you know, a thousand years later, you know, whoa, now we're, we're so woke or whatever. So broke. Yeah. I mean, the men folk are so weak. Yeah. It's funny. I mean, Denmark does have a, a long history of, yeah. you know, exceptional warrior class. Uh, yeah. No, no doubt the Danes are, are pretty well. Known. Yeah. We, that, that was an old expression of the uh, English monks. Uh, Lord, save us from the fury of the Danes, of the Northmen. And now yeah. it's like, uh, yeah, well, yeah. they need to draft their women. Yeah, no more Northmen. Now it's the wow. North women. Yeah, it's We're crazy. To fear. Um, and, and we say this not from a, a chauvinistic standpoint, but from a point of men are abdicating. Yes. When I see that, I see the abdication of a man. I do too. En masse. It's like, I don't need to. No, I don't. Listen, yeah. my hat's off to the ladies uh, that are stepping up because... Yeah. You know, here, you know, this might be unpopular, but I really don't care. Um, you know, women, men and women are different. No way. Um, really? I hate to break that. <laughs> I hate to break that to Whoa, people. But, newsflash there. But here's the thing, man. Um, <laughs> it, it is, they are designed to work together. Something that Don Lemon would never say. No, he wouldn't. Okay, but <laughs> but uh, any, any married man, okay, uh, knows that um, there are things that, 
that we do and there are things that she does and I don't I stay out of her lane because I don't do it very well and and she expects me to be in my lane and doing yeah. my thing um, and every we, man with a brain knows you know and we yeah. we work in complete <clears throat> harmony and um, and and me by myself uh, not too you know it's not too pretty okay anybody that's been to a bachelor's apartment probably knows that um, but together you know we're able to achieve pretty much anything that that, that gets thrown our way okay. Mm. Um, if, if I don't have the answer, she does. And if there's some task that she's better than I'm at, I mean, she, she does it. Okay. We, we rely on one another to get, get through life. And this is what you're absolutely correct. What I see happening is, is the guy is not taking out the trash. Okay. And she has to say, well, I can't, you know, I can't rely on that freaking turd. I'll take it out myself. Um, and this is exactly what's happening. And you can, you can plug in whatever you want to plug in, but the, the, uh, traditional male, uh, tasks uh, that uh, we are designed to uh, achieve, okay, or do uh, because it's just easier because the way we are, because we're men, um, we're not doing. And what do you expect her to do? I mean, if if uh, if a if a thug comes out and jumps uh, out out from the uh, shadows, okay, and you're not going to defend her, she you know she can run or she can defend herself. And more and more, she's trying to defend herself because we ain't doing it. And I think it's just it's just sad. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah, this book is timely. Very sad. Um, look at people like Andrew Tate. Now, you know, he's got his own um, issues uh, right now with, with the uh, legal system uh, there in, uh, I, be- I believe it's Romania. Uh, but, listen, he is hugely popular for a reason. He's, he's used like the number one... Uh, you know, topic on search engines and everything else. I mean, everybody is is starving. These young men are starving for whatever it is that Andrew Tate is, is uh, offering. Mm-hmm. And and to me, I listen to you know some of his stuff on YouTube or whatever. But it's really just hey hey step up and be a man. Yeah. You know, I mean, a lot of it is like I think uh, I'm not sure if he's um, what his religious preferences are. Uh, you know, we probably don't agree on a lot of. Uh, things and matters of faith or religion or maybe even a ton of stuff. But his his basic message um, on men uh, fulfilling their obligations and responsibilities in life is dead on and resonating with a lot of young males. Yeah, absolutely. I hope this this little series that we're doing on the five warrior virtue is going to resonate with the guys out there. I think it does. I think most people, most guys that listen to us are fed up. Uh, with the woke culture, the woke culture, uh, with the way things are going, with the way that things are headed, and uh, you know something else that's um, that I've noticed is we often see things in Europe, and then we we'll later see it here. This is true. Yeah. You know, n- normally it's like Britain or something like that. You know, we'll see like some kind of something going, some goings on with you know laws or whatever, and then we'll think, hey, that's a really great idea. And then we start implementing it here. Yeah, may that never happen. Um, I think it's a sad day, but yeah, all of this really—that's uh, what we kind of we wanted to capture in the book. And uh, you know, one of the things was uh, looking at warrior codes. You know, we talked about that last week, so we kind of uh, scoured. I was able to kind of look at old warrior codes, and then how these warrior codes kind of defined uh, was created by warriors. So the, the whole thing is warriors are the ones that decided what's right, what's wrong, what's indifferent. 
and uh, to restrain, uh, get, you know, restrain, uh, you know, unwanted behaviors, uh, set boundaries, and uh, also distinguish what's honorable from what's shameful. And uh, I think it's really important to have, uh, and we have a warrior code. You know, we kind of have like an unwritten warrior code in the States, but really, uh, all those codes really come back from, you know, Europe, come from the old country, from Asia, you know, whatever uh, culture, you know, the... Yeah, we brought, uh, we brought uh, our, <clears throat> you know, we brought our DNA with us, right? I mean, Absolutely. Yeah. That's something we looked at, and uh, what I want to do is look at, build on uh, where we were last time. We looked at honor, and, you know, just to kind of recap, uh, we're looking at honor, integrity, loyalty, temperance, and courage. And uh, that's our book that's coming out, The Five Warrior Virtues, uh, should come out in another few weeks or so. Uh, and this is really, the, this is foundational. Now, why, f- why five and not ten? Uh, because if you look at all the warrior codes, that, the ones that we looked at, we really found that these five are from every warrior code, every nation, every age. And uh, these five, at least, were uh, constant. There may be some other ones from different uh, traditions, but these five really were constant. And so uh, we look at honor as uh, the foundational virtue. You know, virtue is a praiseworthy excellence. It's excellence. Uh, and so these five warrior virtues are praiseworthy excellences. These are, these are character traits. These are aspects of being a warrior that, are, that uh, we want that, uh, that warriors have said, hey, we want that. We want to we serve with a guy that has X, Y, Z. And uh, who doesn't want to serve with somebody who has honor? What well, I think, um, well, I think five really worked out pretty nice for a couple of reasons. Not, the other thing is, uh, one of the things that you do in the book is that you bring out a lot of the virtues from various different cultures and time periods. And, you know, you might have nine, you might have seven, you might have whatever. Um, but when I was looking over them, um, I think you've packaged them very well because a lot of the um, various different places. You're not were, just saying that, though. No, no, no. Okay. No, I mean, because they may have, they may have, and the reason why I'm saying that, I believe, they, they I believe. may have one or two or three that can all kind of get packaged into one thing. That's true. And what they did was they just kind of, uh, you know, kind of spread that out a little bit yeah. and kind of just went into a little more detail. Maybe nuanced one or two. Nuanced yeah. a few of them. Yeah. So I think, um, you know, obviously for me, I'm, Five is better. I can remember five. Exactly. Um, and these are distinct. They are distinct. Yeah. And so you can take, you know, you can take one of these and you can nuance them out if you want into a lot of different um, uh, virtues that you'll see other places. But I think you're, I think you're right. I think if you had to, if you had to just wrap it all up into five, okay, or the smallest package that you could provide, yeah, I think you got the number right. Uh, so I was kind of happy um, the way you did that and, and how you did that. Yeah, and um, I mean, even just like appreciate just that. like leadership, LDRS. I mean, if, if you just look at you know something that we're familiar with in in the yeah. military, I mean, pretty much you know everything's wrapped up in there as well. I mean, I believe you too, because if you didn't agree, you would say so. Yeah, I got because I got you're know. you're a man of integrity. <laughs> <laughs> no, I say things all the time that you don't like. And so uh, something I didn't uh, talk about last time is uh, if you can imagine this in your mind's eye, uh, a temple. Right, so this is a diagram that's in the book. Uh, so you have a temple with five columns. So and then so it's got a foundation. You get the five columns and you got the roof. Mm-hmm. And so uh, these the idea is the foundation uh, that we didn't talk about is duty to the country, 
duty to the United States. So it's a, a, a sense of service because some people might say, why didn't you have uh, selfless service as part of a virtue? And I think that's foundational. Just just right. serving as a warrior is, it's you know, it's meant to be. Now that, you know, you can further uh, quantify or qualify duty. You know, it's not just, you know, because you, you, uh, you had to, you're drafted. Or, you know, this is, the idea is... Uh, uh, that's who we are. That's what warriors do. Warriors are the ones who run to the sound of the guns. Right. They're the ones who feel the need to defend kindred, kind family, and not have women drafted. I mean, that's 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 right. failure. That is failure. Yeah. yeah, it's not not to the women, but to the to the, to the, the man that stayed home. And, yeah, and, and uh, sent his woman in his place. Exactly. That's very sad. And so you have duty to country as the foundation, and then you have these five pillars. You know, honor, integrity, loyalty, temperance, and courage. And at the very roof, uh, we're taking this uh, argument from Vegetius. We, we mentioned him last time. He was a Roman author in the 4th century. He was writing at a time when Rome was deteriorating. Okay, here, here's what scares me. Yeah. Before you get off of him. Yeah, yeah. Um, man, that sounds so relevant today. Yeah. And Because it is. Well, because we're at, we're so at like before Rome falls. Okay, so let me there. so yeah. let me throw this out. Okay, um, nobody took you know heeded his warnings then. True. I, I just hope this time around. I mean, yeah, you know we we don't take the same. You know, it's just a shame. I mean, because you sit yeah. there, you read what he was writing and what he was concerned about, and it's just like holy smoke. I mean, and you know what's awesome about this is. He was not writing to senators and politicians and businessmen. He was talking to young men and taking responsibility for the defense of their country. Yeah. And, and that's really all we're trying to do with this book, too. And I think right. that is the, the, the uh, prescription for success and to uh, prevent a disaster is there's enough able-bodied young men who are, have excellent character and they actually give a crap about their country surviving and they do something about it. And, and uh, that's really what he said. And, and he said, look, uh, the warrior class uh, really provides the safety, security, and survival of the state. So, if you don't, I mean, obviously, if you have a weak sauce military, you're not going to stick around very long. Espe- you know, especially if you have, that is, if you have uh, enemies that are powerful. And they, they uh, we do. We have a lot of enemies in well, the world. Not, yeah, and it's not even. I mean, listen, it's a reason we don't live in a Pollyanna. No, but there's uh, in, in there's a, world. a there's a reason, Paul, that it says you know, um, foreign and domestic. Yeah. So the warrior class is more than just even foreign enemies. I mean, we I'm more concerned, I guess, about the internal enemies. True. So true. Uh, it, it, it pains me to see our country, uh, well, our cities, you know, on fire with thugs. You know that aren't worth a hair on the crack of uh, your fourth point of contact, yeah. But yeah, if you look at uh, that foundation, I want to make sure that everybody heard that is, you know, that's that's really um, the foundation of everything. It's the duty, and we have five pillars. And then moving on from there um, to get into integrity. Yeah, uh, integrity. Uh, I had a lot of uh, fun with each one of these chapters, uh, but integrity really. I think uh, resonated, I think was probably the, the most important chapter to me. Uh, and I, I'll just say, um, I started working out at Camp McCall in uh, 1997. I was an instructor out there at Small Unit Tactics, three years. 
Then I came back again after I retired in 2010. <clears throat> and I've been out there ever since. And one thing I've learned in, I do the math in public, almost you know, 15, 16 years of working out at McCall, and in you know, know, every aspect of that portion of the Q course, is those, I've run into a lot of instructors, you know, from every group. And they're from different parts of the country. And they're, for, they're at different ages. But when I ask them, hey, what's the most important attribute? You know, we look at special forces attributes. You know, professional, responsibility, adaptability, capability, team player, integrity, um, <clears throat> capability, and endurance. They always said integrity. Integrity. Yeah. I mean, like 99.9% of the time. And then a close second is like capability. Right. Adaptability, adaptability, stuff like that. But integrity, uh, I think that that says a lot. You know, almost two decades of instructors knowing that. These are guys that worked on teams. They've seen some crazy stuff. They've had some experiences downrange. And they say, hey, this is super important. Not not to mention how they grew up. but So integrity. You know, why integrity? Well, it's in the warrior codes. Uh, It's in Bushido. Uh, you know, the Romans, the Greeks, uh, even the Vikings, everybody. Every single one. Yeah, so integrity is important because uh, for a warrior, uh, not just for warriors, I mean, because you, you can look at the workplace, you know, name it. Any place you work, integrity is really important. It's paramount. Family. Yeah, family. I mean, <laughs> marriage, friendship. I mean, it comes to the heart. Come on. Yeah, it comes to the heart of uh, <clears throat> business. Of trust. Yeah, so it's it's a trust issue. And so when, when that is combined with being a warrior, sometimes people kind of miss out on that. And, uh, you know, the, 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 the strange thing that I uh, found when I was studying, you know, reading a lot of books to write a book, is the Vikings also had integrity. You know, these are guys that, you know, would climb off a, a longboat and go hack up monks. But they also had integrity. Now, it's just a little bit different than maybe the, the kind we have. But, but still, they, they were... Faith, they were had trust and integrity uh, and faithfulness to their kind, their family, their clan, all that stuff. And, uh, you know, they just they had a different idea about uh, warfare. Uh, but... Well, they had uh, things, but, but that was acceptable for them. Yeah, yeah. And there were things that weren't acceptable. So they, yeah. had, their, they had their own code. Yeah. But integrity, regardless of code, you're absolutely right. It's, it's um, do you mean what you say? Do you say what you mean? And... You know, it's it's a it's a premium for warriors because we have we rely on factual information. Um, we have to have that. We have to have the good, bad, and the ugly. I mean, we don't need the happy talk. Um, if we're if we're uh, deficient at something, if there's something that we're not uh, catching, um, happy talk gets you killed in our profession. Uh, we need to know really quick if something's not right, and someone's got to have the moral courage and the integrity to let us know so we can fix it. Does that, does that sound about right? No, absolutely. I mean, I, I would say, I mean, you look at the, you know, I start off the, with I start off with the word level. So we look at definitions of each one of these virtues. So um, the, as I note, is the ancient Greeks didn't have a word actually for integrity. They had words that are like it, but not the same. My point is the word we have comes from the Latin. Even though there was a word actually for integrity in the Greek, it's just, it's not the one we use. And uh, in the Latin, it actually means intact, you know, integer. Uh, and I love how that is at the root. You know, the etymology, etymology 
I think I said that right. Yeah. Uh, of the word is uh, keeping yourself intact, keeping honor intact, keeping your conscience intact. I mean, that says so much so that you are not, you know, you're undivided, you know, yeah. in your undivided in your trust, uh, you know, in your faithfulness. <clears throat> I mean, that is uh, for warriors, it's, it's crucial. And I, I would say uh, just at the 36,000 foot view, you know, guys in SOF, you know, guys in Rangers, guys in SF, guys in the SEALs, <clears throat> what have you, you're often put in situations that are very gray. You know, it's very ambiguous. So you, you don't have a lot of uh, uh, parental guidance, if you will. You know, you're out there, you can do basically whatever. And if you're lacking in integrity, there can be some really wacky stuff that happen that you're just allowing to happen. So at the very, at the simplest level, uh, integrity keeps your honor intact. You know, it keeps your name intact. It keeps the honor and integrity of the, of uh, the unit and the nation uh, in a state of being undivided. So it's kind of important. So I, I started off, uh, you know, I love uh, philosophy. So I like, uh, I think philosophy is good because it help us, helps us think on a deeper level, helps us systematize our thoughts. And, you know, we all use philosophy, even if we don't like the word philosophy, we do it. We have a philosophy of work, philosophy of business. <clears throat> and somebody I looked at in history is Marcus Aurelius. Now, um, most of us have heard of uh, the Stoic Emperor. So Marcus Aurelius, he was the emperor for 19 years in uh, 161 to 180. Made AD. famous by the movie. With the yeah. And, and uh, his take was um, he had basically the ability to do enough power and authority to do kind of whatever he wanted to do. He could have went off on a 19-year bender. He could have killed everybody. I mean, the guy could have been another Caligula, right? Uh, but his mindset, you know, let his philosophy led him to restrain himself and, uh, you know, it goes in self-control. But uh, he looked at, hey, his uh, position was to provide stability for the nation, you know, stability for Rome. Uh, and, you know, he had uh, self-respect. He respected himself. He respected that position he had. And so he held uh, integrity is really important. So, the, I mean, the idea that is this. You're the same guy um, out of your house that you are inside your house. And integrity means I'm the same guy inside that nobody can see that I'm outside. Like my inside voice, right? I don't talk to myself, but you have this internal monologue where you're thinking, hmm, that's kind of messed up. And that equals what you're actually saying. So you yeah. don't have like some Deep. disparity between your your internal and what you're doing. Deeds saying, and thoughts. Mm, don't right? do that. And then you're just doing something else. Yeah. yeah. So there, there's a there's a problem. Well, Marcus really didn't have that problem. Now he wasn't a perfect guy. Okay. I mean he uh, he did um, put Christians to death. A lot of people don't know that he did. He used the power of the sword to do that. Um, and you know he had some other issues. I mean that's beyond the scope of this. But the whole point is he didn't use his position to kind of enhance his, uh, you know, to kind of uh, uh, live for, or just kind of get over on, on everybody else for himself. You know, he's not a self-aggrandizement guy. And he, so he, he lived uh, with integrity, even with the ability 
of having all that power. So the idea is, the the uh, the bookend of that is Epictetus, who was a Stoic, and he was a slave, and he was able to do the same things. And that's why uh, that's the argument of Stoicism. If you know, even that you're a slave or an emperor, you know, it's a a philosophy that's practical. That's why a lot of warriors. It's like an un uh, unofficial warrior philosophy. And uh, I approach that from a Christian standpoint and uh, for the idea of, I think, Stoicism offers us behavioral maintenance strategies, and I think that's pretty legit, you know. Uh, but, you know, integrity, I mean, just think about, uh, there's so many examples. You know, I had, um, I offer a few in the book, personally, some things that I was faced with where I could have taken the easy way. And I thought, hey, no one would know. But then again, I would know. At the end of the day, I would know. Sleep with yourself. Well, Dwight D. Eisenhower calls uh, integrity uh, a supreme quality of leadership. No doubt. Yeah. And uh, so I think you... you I like Ike. Yeah. Yeah. And I do too. I mean, he was uh, obviously an impressive uh, fellow. But uh, what was I... I was... There was a couple things that you mentioned. I... um, and, and, and no matter where you're at, you don't have to be in the army, but, you know, in the office, on the football field, um, in, a, in a section gang, it doesn't matter. I mean, integrity is important. But one of the things I think is reliability, right? You, you talked about the fact that um, the, what your deeds and actions match. So what you're thinking about is how, and this is who you are. I mean, it's, there's no, people just know who you are because um, you're not yeah. putting on a show at work. Um you know, they just know what to expect. They, they, they can almost like, well, hey, if I went and asked Paul this, what do you think his answer would be? And they, they probably could tell you. Because, so. right? Because they just know, well, this is the way he is. These are, these, you know, this is, he's a guy of integrity and this is, this is how he thinks on things. And this is the way, this is the way he's going to go down on it. And the reliability also that you're not going to um, take advantage of, like what you're talking about with Marcus Aurelius, you're not going to take advantage of your power. Yeah, you're going to restrain yourself. Um, yeah, I mean, I I love stoicism as well. I think it, I think a lot of the values fit right in there, including temperance. Uh, yeah. Stoicism fits very well with temperance, um, and all these values. So I think it is the warrior's philosophy for sure. Yeah, and just on that note, uh, with you know power, you know, you have power, you have authority. Now, something that uh, I've discovered over the last ten years. So I'm able, I'm privileged to also preach out in the woods to the Smolian Tactics community. And then uh, they'll give me, you know, half hour or something. And there's a a go-to, you know, every preacher has about 10 good sermons in his back pocket. So I got one good sermon I use out there. Uh, And that's really, it's really made, I think, for soldiers. Uh, And and really it's uh, it's out of Luke chapter 3. And it's an occasion where, John the Baptist is uh, baptizing people, you know, in uh, preparation for the coming of the Messiah. And then there's soldiers that are saying, hey, what do we do? You know, like, are we outside to, uh, you know, are we, is our vocation compatible with... Do do we have any hope? (laughs) Yeah, is there any hope for us? And, and, uh, but anyway, what he he tells them, you know, he says, uh, don't intimidate anyone, Uh, don't... um, you know, he's saying, let me let me get to the scripture here. Um, 
me look it up here. You shouldn't do this on the cuff, off the cuff here. Uh, but yeah, don't miss, uh, don't intimidate anyone. Uh, don't uh, be content with your wages. There's another part I'm missing here. But the whole point he's telling is don't don't misuse the power of the sword. Right. You know, and and you have that power. That's where the integrity comes in. I've seen a lot of soldiers that have misused the authority they have, the misused the power they have, and and that's for dishonest gain and you know downrange. They've done X Y Z uh, because they can, and because they have a character deficiency, and uh, it's it's sad to see, and and you know the people that have a gun in their face, they just all they can do is comply, and. Uh, you know, that's, that's why I think another reason that integrity is so important uh, for soldiers is you have a lot of weapons at your disposal. A lot of bad things can happen if you don't have integrity. Uh, yeah, he says, uh, um, there you go, 314, do not intimidate anyone or accuse falsely and be content with your wages. That's Luke 314. You know, it just says a lot, you know, about... Um, you have uh, an arsenal at your disposal. You've got, you know, capability of dropping ordnance. You've got these belt-fed machine guns. You've got, you can send somebody to Camp X-Ray if you want to puck this person and you feel, I don't know if there's Camp X-Ray still in operation, but I'm dating myself. But the, uh, there, there's going to be other Camp X-Rays. But the idea is if... There's always know, a Camp Yeah. Uh, but the idea is if, uh, you know, you're... You're lying. That's part of integrity, obviously, and and you're uh, not using the power correctly. Some bad stuff can happen. So here's a, a few things here that I'm looking at as far as assessing your level of integrity. If you're asking yourself, well, I I think I have integrity. Well, here's here's some questions that you can ask. Uh, am I accountable for my behavior and the decisions that I make? Mm. Do I accept responsibility for my mistakes? Am I setting a good example? For my direct reports, do I always follow through on my commit on, on my commitments and my promises? And then, do I act in ways that build trust in my direct reports? Now, I I, I can't I couldn't help but just think back to a episode we did not not that long ago. It was episode thirty nine, uh, back in September, uh, with Stu uh, Scheller Senior, mm. Crisis of Command, yeah. where we talked about um, you know one of the big Issues, of course, today is the lack of accountability that we're seeing in senior members, no uh, senior leadership. So again, um, accountability is, you know, from looking at that, that list there, reading that list is a huge part of integrity mm. is, is living up to your commitments, taking and accepting um, responsibility and accountability for the things that go good or go bad. Yeah, and uh, <clears throat> I like how you brought that up too with uh, Stu. Is uh, his conviction uh, led him to act on you know his integrity, uh, and and he went great down, example yeah, of it, and he went down with the ship, and uh, I love that. Uh, and that was that was another example I wanted to use is, uh, you know, there's an old old film called A Man for All Seasons, and uh, the actor is I can't remember the guy's name, but he's also in Jaws, the first Jaws. He's the guy get is get eaten on the, the boat. Uh, <clears throat> wild man. Anyway, he plays Thomas Moore in the movie, the man for all seasons. And so if you, you never heard of that, Thomas Moore was, 
uh, in the government of sorts, uh, Catholic uh, and representative of the Pope in uh, Britain at the time. And this is the time of Henry VIII. Uh, but the, the, the salient points are Henry VIII uh, wanted to be divorced from Catherine of Aragon, and he wanted to take the church in England a different way and really to separate from the Catholic Church. And so uh, that obviously was a problem for Thomas More, who was devout uh, Catholic, and he thought that was worth dying for, and he did. Uh, and he was asked to uh, accept uh, Henry VIII's uh, divorce of Catherine Aragon. He wouldn't do that. And then he was basically commanded, hey, you know, you're going to go along with this and our separation of, uh, and, and, and the problem was um, separate, England was separating itself, the Church of England from uh, the papacy and Henry VIII was saying he was the head of the church and all that had a problem. Anyway, as he was being executed, well, before he was had his head chopped off, he said, I die the king's good servant and God's first. And, uh, you know, just, just the idea that I'm just going to go down down with it. You know, he, integrity is knowing, you know, in that sense, hey, I know what's right and I'm willing to die for it or I'm willing to lose my job for it or whatever, or lose part friends. Don't you have to have... That's an extreme example. Well, don't you have like have the, a, a moral and ethical foundation? Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Or so I mean, like I'm how? Glad you said that. Yeah. So you know, you come in. So you, you've been you've been brought up in this this uh, you know this very progressive family, and uh, you know a very secular world worldview. Um, is it, is it possible? Is that why integrity is so rare these days? <laughs> is is it possible? Yeah. For that 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 uh, young man, okay, to have integrity, well, and I'm, and and what would it be based on? Yeah. So I have another way of saying this. Or, and then you could, could you could you could you look could you point at him and say, well, um, this this is what he believes. Yeah. I think that would be very difficult. Absolutely, because I, would, I run into these people all yeah. the time. We we do all the time where you you um, you listen to these people and you you think they have a position on something, and and sometimes you like they'll come out and you're like, what? Where did that come from? Because they seem very flighty to me. Hmm. Am, am I just imagining that? I mean, I, you know, you just never know what their position is going to be. It's going to be one thing one day. It's going to be something else the next day because you know they there's just there's nothing really there. There's no foundation that they're drawn from. Yeah, I'm glad you went there because I would answer the way Soren Kierkegaard answered. Uh, Soren Kierkegaard, a Dane. Right? We were talking about Denmark earlier. Oh, there you go. He would be uh, rolling over his grave right now with what they were proposing. But you know, he lived in the 18, early 1800s. Um, this is an existential philosopher, uh, famous uh, and a hermit. But anyway, he, he once wrote in his uh, in a book called Either Or uh, about what's called his construct, a philosophical construct called uh, Three Stages Along Life's Way. And in that, he postulated there's really three types of guys. So you've got an aesthetic man. You've got an ethical man. You've got a religious man. Uh, and the aesthetic man is a guy that just kind of, um, you know, his God is his belly. You know, he just... He's just feeding himself, 
right? And and so the the next guy is the ethical guy because he said, hey, that doesn't work, and that you have to make a jump to the next stage of life because that ethical guy, it just gets old, and you're an infant, and uh, there's got to be something more to life, this, that, and the other. And that guy needs to live with a code, and so he makes the jump to the ethical stage. Uh, but that doesn't really work all that well either. And so at the end of it, he describes himself as the in the ethical stage, and he said, I was the, the life of the party, and aphorisms flowed like wine from my mouth. And then I went home and wanted to kill myself. And, and, and that's where, you know, he was kind of a, a morbid dude, but... But then he said, you have to make that jump to the religious stage, which in his mind, what he was saying is you have to be born again. You have to become, you know, you know, a believer. And uh, but anyway, you look at this. Here's how you can answer this question. Someone without integrity in the ethical, uh, the aesthetic stage who merely is just, you know, they're like a brute beast. Uh, if they're going to be, let's say, pulled over for speeding. The, the aesthetic person doesn't want to get pulled over for speeding because they'll lose money and then they'll have less party money. Okay. So that's why they have some sort of integrity in a way like there's the blue lights. Let's slow down. I don't want to, you know, I want to booze it hard. So let's, and I might want money for other things too. So that doesn't work. And then the ethical guy will slow down and not speed. And I, I have a heavy foot at times. So I'm not going to say, I'm not going to throw rocks here. And the ethical guy says, I'm not going to do that because I'll look bad and people will think bad of me. Okay. And you can kind of see where this is going. Yeah. And then the religious guy doesn't want to do that and get pulled over for speeding because God's always watching. And that resonates in his conscience and his, and his, his, he has integrity, which mirrors his conscience. So the idea is integrity uh, is something that's coming out of your conscience, the part of you that's going to live on. And the conscience has to be informed by the word of God. It has to be, because the conscience is not fully awake until you're born again. And that's the idea. And so without that, without the, the your conscience being trained uh, in godliness, you're just going to say, well, I want more money or I'll look bad. And that's the only reason why you're not going to do certain things. And a lot of people do that. So maybe, you know, today there's not a whole lot of integrity because people just don't want to get busted because they want to go out and party the next time. Or maybe they'll look bad. There's a couple. But some guys are like, I don't want to do that because that's wrong. It's just the wrong thing. It's but the wrong thing. And, and, yeah. and there, I think why integrity um, comes Anyway, to play. that's how Kirk Girl would say it anyway. Yeah. And, <laughs> well, I mean, there's a couple things that come to mind when you were talking. Uh, one was um, the movie Lone Survivor. Okay. Yeah, um, and then the other instance uh, that I thought about just right off the top of my head was ODA five two five, and what took place with them um, in the early parts of Operation um, Desert Storm, uh, February uh, ninety one. That's been a while, it's but if you there, yeah. but if you recall, both of them had similarities in the fact that they were both small teams, small units, and both of them were um, you know things went wrong. Uh, dealing with a child. Yeah. Now, 525, that's the firefight with a goat boy. Yes. Okay, gotcha. Which, you know, because, yeah, the shepherd boy or whatever. Okay, the young young lad from the nearby village that was out there doing his thing, and and they got compromised. 
And the same thing occurred with uh, um, the lone survivor, right? Instead of schwacking the another the kid, another yeah. shepherd boy, if you will. Integrity really comes to play in those instances because no there are debates that t- that happen right there with that small element um, on what to do. On, and a whole bunch of factors are coming into play, right? Obviously, survival, right? But you're talking about you know having enough money for the party Friday. Well, I mean, yeah, these are just bigger. Okay, it's not it's not having enough part money for the party. It's whether or not I'm going home to party at all. Mm-hmm. Um. So that's why I think integrity a lot of times when you're talking about being out there at Camp McCall or whatever and asking warriors, hey, what's the most important thing? It's integrity because integrity matters. Absolutely. And, All uh, the time. Because you have to make decisions sometimes in our profession. Um, and you want to be grounded in something there. I mean, the decision wants to be based in something that's, you know, what's the right thing to do? And it might suck for us, as was the case uh, with both of those situations, right? I mean, they could have... There probably would have been other options that may have not been quite as difficult for him. That's a great point, uh, being grounded. Um, you know, when I look at, I'm, I list several examples uh, that integrity can cost you things. It could cost you. It could cost you friends or those you think you're friends. It could cost you your job. Uh, we use an example of costing your life, but... The idea is you, you, uh, your conscience remains intact. I, and I look back at the times where I had to make those decisions that were hard, that affected my job, that affected finances and all those things. Uh, I, don't, I sleep well now knowing, hey, that was, it was done right. You know, I didn't have all the facts, but I just knew, hey, you know, XYZ was wrong. Um, you know, we mentioned that example Something that's been in the news lately is uh, Bankman uh, Freed. SBF. Yeah. So Sam Bankman Freed, uh, you know, debunked, defunct uh, FTX, you know, he embezzled, you know, know, billions. You know, U.S. investors, he he embezzled the money, used it for something else, completely, you know, uh, dishonest, fraudulent, money laundering, all those things. Uh, but for him, uh, I guess it was not. It was just another day at the office. You right. know, no big deal. And there's an example of hey, what you will do. I would say that guy's in the aesthetics phase. Aesthetic phase. Who cares? I'm just thinking about looking at number. You know, for number one. Uh, so apart from just you know having C cups, if you see him in a you know t-shirt, this guy, uh, and, he, and he's probably going to get off. He's probably going to get off scot free. Because the people that he's connected with, they don't have integrity either. Right. Well, that's, and so it's yeah. dirty. Yeah. And there's just too much uh, at stake. But, uh, but yeah, my whole point is uh, uh, just think of how many people are doing that. How many people cheat on stuff? Well, it's become, it, unfortunately, it's become the, the norm. It is. And, but when we see somebody with integrity, and, and I've seen it. That joker freaking... Shines like a he like does. a beacon. Yeah, and you're like, wow. You're really drawn to them. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because they are so rare now. I would I would say back in back when I was uh, a child, um, I think it was the opposite was true. It's like, man, this guy's a evil evil dude. Because mm-hmm. most people you most people you could expect to do the right thing and be honest, tell you what they mean. Um, 
there wasn't a, a need for, uh, hey, can you sign this uh, contract? If a guy gave you his word, I mean, it was that was that was fine. Matter of fact, you might insult him by having him, you know, sign a contract, you know, putting it in writing. These days, you're a fool yeah. if you go by somebody's word. Unfortunately, I mean, everything's got to be, you know, written down, and and even then, you might be, you know, in a hurt. Um, I'm glad you said that because, because the jury it, it themselves involves, don't have any integrity. You know, I mean, the people yeah. that are going to be in judgment of the document are, are, are you know, lying scoundrels. Yeah, but it, uh, <clears throat> integrity involves thought, word, and deed. Uh, you know, if you, if you look at it this way, think of the uh, think of the uh, ballad of the Green Berets, right? Men who mean just what they say. I mean, just think about that. Uh, there's a reason why Barry Sadler penned those lines. Uh, integrity. You know, I, I mean what I say, say what I mean. My word's my bond. Uh, so part of integrity is, you know, you know, keeping your word. Your word means something. And I, I know we said this before, and I, I think it's worth saying again, is, you know, if your word means nothing, you mean nothing. I mean, I, I, we know people like that. They say, yeah, I'll do this, that, and the other, and then they don't do it. I mean, it's not something like an innocent, I have forgot to one thing, but it's like, hey, no, I said, hey, I'm going to do this. It's happening. And uh, those, yeah, you're right. Those are the guys that stand out. And I think today it's uh, fewer and far between. And uh, how sad that is. But, hey, it's time to raise the bar. It's time to raise the bar on that. And that starts with the Warriors. That's the beauty of this. Warriors create the code, and the Warriors are the ones that say, hey, the standard needs to be maintained. So we're constantly seeking self-improvement. Yeah. All right? So what what, what do you do? If If you feel, if you have a concern that, that you may be lacking in this area. I mean, what, what do you need to do? You got any suggestions? I do. So I had uh, certain uh, introspective questions at the end of each chapter. Here, here I'm just going to freely give these five here. Uh, question one, what does the word integrity mean to you? Because I think it starts at the word level. You know, definitions matter. You know, words matter. So I think if you just look at that, it's like, hey, at the at your level, does that even mean anything to you? You know, in the age of deconstruction, where you know, for many people, truth is relative. You know, does that even mean anything to you? I think that should be the first question. And the second is, here's where I have uh, number two: Have you ever suffered for doing the right thing, doing something right, and then you suffered for it? You lost something for. Uh, and I think that's, uh, I think, you know, when you, when you look at introspection, you don't want to be morbidly introspective, but I think this is good yeah, just to right. kind of, we're not, we don't want to be a basket case here, but it would be good to kind of take stock of our life and go, okay, you know, in, in this day and age, when so many people are doing the wrong things, and uh, if you do take us, I think there's more opportunities to suffer for doing the right thing this day and age. And so... Uh, three, how well do you really know yourself, your strengths and your weaknesses? I think if uh, why that matters for integrity is, uh, you know, we, we train our weaknesses. We want to make our weaknesses our strengths. And so something I've done is I know hard areas for me. I know areas where they're going to be tough for me, you know, to do the right thing. And that's always for me, it was alcohol. 
you know, it was tough for me to do the right thing. Everybody loves that fire water, buddy. Yeah, I did so many bad things, you know, uh, became a you know, Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde type of thing. But you know, look at your weaknesses and know, hey, that's also integrity, you know, to uh, you have faithfulness to your family, to your wife, to your family, to your, your job, to God, all those things. Also consider, uh, ask, this, ask yourself this, do you consider yourself trustworthy? Do people trust you? When you say something, is that going to mean something? And I, I think you can uh, evaluate that uh, just by how people interact with you. You know, if you maybe if you never made any, I'm not saying make a lot of promises, but maybe you can make a promise, and then from the feedback, like really, they don't look at you like you know a hog looking at a wristwatch. Is that really going to happen, or is it like you said, hey, hey, that's a stand-up guy. I know his words good, and all those things. I think uh, something I learned as a team sergeant was when you hear what your team is saying about you third hand. Right. And when you hear that, you're I'm like, glad you brought that up because I, I was thinking about peers and where do you think yeah. those play in, um, because that's, in that's a, a self-evaluation type yeah, that's process. Yeah, true evaluation is, okay, what are those guys saying about you? Right. And, you know, some things I was it kind of hurt a little bit because you're like, yeah, that's true. Because <laughs> I had a tendency – you know, early on to be kind of a micromanager, but I had to, I need to have somebody reel me in and fix me on that. Yeah. But that's good. Yeah. Peers are also really awesome. I mean, you get your peer evaluation. I think that is a great tool. And I think the guys that blow that off uh, do to their own detriment. I, I agree. Yeah. It's like, Hey, look, uh, I think you should take that with a grain of salt too. Sometimes people get butt hurt and they write something dumb, but generally speaking, it's pretty good. Yeah. They're pretty valuable. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, other things. Here's another example is just like uh, you ever you see those inflated resumes, right? Oh my Everybody's God. seen this and you're like, yeah. wow, this guy walks on water. He's got an S on his chest, yeah. you know, uh, faster than a speeding bullet. The idea is just to be I, I don't try to fake the funk on anything I do. So, you know, my resume, it's more like uh, uh, under promise over deliver is my idea now you do want to put your best foot forward on a resume you yeah, do want they, to put the stuff in there but don't they, they want to know what you can do i mean yeah. obviously but uh, what your what your skill sets are but i mean what's that guy's I, name george what's his face the the congressman that's just lied oh george off. santos yeah but here's so the you thing you got that guy yeah but you know but here's the thing i mean does that guy just fit right in or not i mean i it's yeah. almost it's almost like it listen if you're a congressman i don't want to hear any congressman talking about george santos man give me a break yeah. um Number one, y'all, you, you freaking crooks didn't elect him, okay? If you let, let you know, his constituents will, will handle George Santos, okay? But uh, uh, some of these characters um, point the finger at George Santos. It's almost like, man, please, you know. Um, you know, you, you brought up something. I couldn't help but think of that that classic movie, Office Space. Oh yeah, you know where he's talking to the Bobs, and it's oh, it's yeah. you know you're talking about your resume, and kind of like, hey, what what is it that you do here, you know? And they're just, uh, they're almost mesmerized by his honesty, right? Yeah. I mean, sometimes it's just better off. I mean, obviously you don't want to be that guy, but I mean, he was just straight up honest. And I think the Bobs, it's a comedy, but the Bobs kind of appreciated, I think. Yeah. Just knowing like what the real deal was instead of everybody in there BS and them trying to keep their job, right? I believe that. I mean, I think in an age of cowardice, uh, virtual, virtue signaling, where yeah. people just, 
they think just by virtue signaling, by, by whatever, social media, or and, and then they're just faking the funk. They're not really those people. They don't really care. And you see that. You, do. you see people, they'll just like, they'll plaster all this nonsense on their site or whatever. <laughs> and they, they don't really care about those people. But as long as you think they do. Yeah, that's fine then. Right. Uh, and so in oh a, man that's just that's just yeah. it's out of control man. today yeah yeah so so in an age where people are thinking that's integrity yeah no that's not integrity um you know and and i i like to finish each chapter uh looking at principles so so here's uh here you know one with a no and one with to do so no uh you need to know the definition integrity keeps honor intact I mean, if we're warriors, honor is uh, is a prize. You know, we want to hold our country in honor. We want to see uh, our vocation is honored, ourselves honored, all that, our unit. So, and, uh, and integrity is going to help us keep that, you know, in the right right place. And then do uh, reminds us: do what is right, even to your own hurt, even to your own hurt. As far as you lose time, money. Maybe even if you're, maybe even your life. Uh, but you don't want to be the guy that, uh, and we know people, they've done wrong in order to keep their jobs. And then they're like these timid souls and they go through life. And then it's a, it's a slippery slope. And the next time, a little bit easier, a little bit either, easier. And they don't really have any substance to the, they're not a principled man. They don't live by principle. They're not grounded and they'll just fall for anything. And they virtue signal their butts off, but they're not really authentic, genuine, able-bodied men. They're just leaves in the wind. Yeah, and they're, they're just, just going. They're just, do whatever. They got their finger up. They're just going whichever Epstein's, way they think they need to go. Yeah, you know, I'll just take the fill in the blank with your politician who is a weather vane. Right. They just say whatever they have to say to get elected, and uh, you, nobody. And I will tell you, the people that we worked with, and, and there's fewer. There's fewer warriors. But they're still there, and they—they're the guys who run to the sound of the guns. They don't want to work with somebody like that, right? They want to be a—you know—work with a man who means just what he says, and would rather die than to uh, make his unit look bad, you know. Hopefully not die, but but but, but maybe that extreme uh, to defend the honor and integrity of that unit, uh, and we have a lot of history that backs that up. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, I think. Um, I think this is uh, definitely a virtue. No one would argue against this, and, and we cultivate it. Uh, let me just say one last thing here as we wrap this up. Uh, I use this example of uh, C.S. Lewis, uh, and he has um, a, an essay called The Inner Ring. And uh, I love this because it's something that I, have, uh, I remember as I go through life. I get two new jobs and stuff like that. He called it the lure of the inner ring. And so the, the inner ring is this place that you desire to be, hmm. where you're accepted, whatever group that you want to be in. And then you're like, then you're going to arrive. And if you can just be in that inner group, then you will be satisfied and happy and, and you'll have honor and, and all that. Everything will be great. And uh, the problem is, uh, well, the thing is you never find... Uh, the inner ring, because once you get into the inner ring, there's always another inner ring. Mm -hmm. And it's like layers of an onion. You never really get to the, and at the very end of it, there's nothing there. And, and the, the, the thing with integrity is people uh, that don't have integrity, they'll just compromise in some area in order to get into the inner ring. 
as long as they get there. But then what they've done is they've compromised who they are and other people see it. And then you're, you're not really in any way. So you're just chasing your tail and you're chasing a mirage of whatever it is. And if you just, I don't it sounds kind of weird, but you know, to be, you know, authentic and be genuine and have principles and be grounded. And then you, you, you get promotions as they come. You get honor as it comes, as it's deserved. But if it's not, then it doesn't. And that's just the way it is. And it's no big deal. And it's no big deal. You, and, have, you have contentment of, of yeah. who you are and what you, what you believe, right? And because it's an honor to serve. Just to serve is an honor. And to, to serve by the, this man to your left and right, that's an honor. All, and, and all on its own. Yeah. Well, anyway, I think that was um, an hour well spent yeah. on integrity. Absolutely. Uh, so, uh, what's uh, what's what's next week? Uh, next week, we want to look at loyalty. Awesome. Uh, and so, it's a, a sacred bond. Uh, also, uh, with every age, every culture, uh, and you know, hopefully, every generation. But uh, yeah, I want you to go. Ahead, you guys tune in again next Friday when we look at that. Fantastic. All right. Until then, we hope you enjoyed today's episode of the Pinelander Podcast. If you enjoy our unique content, please consider supporting our sponsors. Soft News, providing special operations news from around the world. It's where Paul and I go to keep abreast of what's going on within the soft community. Check them out at soft.news. Blacksmith Publishing, been serving the warrior class since 2013. They have great titles written for warriors, by warriors. If you're looking for excellent reference material or just want to unwind with a great novel, be sure to check out the bookstore located at blacksmithpublishing.com. And if you're looking for some cool Pinelander apparel, head on over to the General Store located at pinelandergeneralstore.com. That's all one word, pinelandergeneralstore.com. Have a great selection of shirts, hats, jackets, sweaters, stickers, patches, artwork, and a whole lot more. Check out the store at pinelandergeneralstore.com. If you're interested in helping develop our country's next generation of warriors, uh, please consider donating to the American Agogi Project. The mission of the project is to foster an environment producing able-bodied citizen warrior men of fine character. And we'll be officially launching the project in 2023 in celebration of uh, Blacksmith Publishing's 10th anniversary. Until our next meeting, stay mentally and tactically smart, physically and spiritually strong, and socially astute. To each other, we pledge our lives, our fortunes, and our sacred honor. May God continue to bless Pineland.